a listener production. Okay, are you recording? Hey team, hope you are all having a cracking day. And thank you as always for tuning in to episode 130 of the Howie Games featuring a man with an incredible story to tell, Lee Diffie. Diff, what about this, has gone from being a Queensland school teacher to one of the most recognisable voices in sports broadcasting in the United States of America. A phenomenal journey by a bloke who just keeps having a crack. Lee's full episode drops next Thursday. Here's his player profile. Enjoy. Lee Diffie, it's all right to be a a world-leading broadcaster, but can you face the player profile questions, my man? I'll give it my best, Howie. All right, (laughs) here we go. This will be an interesting one right off the top. Nicknames. Um, well, the most common one and the most least imaginative, right, just because of my last name is Diff. Yes. But then uh, not too many people here in America. It's more of an Aussie one, like my nickname back home, Stiffy. <laughs> and then uh, a certain, maybe I should leave him unnamed or maybe I should name him. Name him. Peter Donegan, who at the time when you and I were at 10 and he was in 10 Melbourne, uh, he nicknamed me Crackers. And that one has stuck with particularly my Channel 10 friends, even our former boss, who's one of my dearest friends and a dear friend of yours, David White, yes. who now lives in London, uh, even he still refers to me as Crackers. Where so. did Crackers come from? Or was it just a Donegan special? It's a Donegan special if you say the word Crackers and my last name and join them together and say it fast. <laughs> you need- and that's where I'll leave it. That's where I'll leave it. <laughs> All right. All right, crackers. Uh, what's your favourite food? And I've seen this up close a few times. What's your favourite? Anything Asian. Anything Asian. I mean, I like all food. All food, really, but particularly Asian food. Can you cook, Diff? Yeah, a little bit. So I'm coming around for dinner and you're all right. I'm going to try and impress my old mate here. What's yeah. your number one dish you're going for? Oh, that's easy. That's lamb lollipops. What's a lamb lollipop? Aussie lamb lollipops. I've become quite famous in these parts for my lamb lollipops. As a matter of fact, at the IndyCar season finale every year, I cook it for the entire TV crew and production staff and everybody. So they get this big old barbie for me, which is just a grill, no no flat plate. And uh, I have hundreds and hundreds of, of lamb lollipops, little lamb chops that I cook up for everybody. Oh, Special seasoning. Chops. Yeah. I like a diff. Okay, now you get to choose three people to come to one of your famous lamb lollipop dinners. Anyone from any time in history that you know that you don't know. Who are the three diff? Uh, Does it have to be that I don't know or can it be someone that I know? Anyone. It is your invitation. That's right. Um, I I sat behind him about two seats on an aeroplane once, former Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke. Um, I love the movie The Natural with Robert Redford. Yes. And I just love that he has never become Hollywoodized. You know, his face is pretty well weathered and uh, he's never gone down the plastic surgery road. And uh, and my dad, my late dad, I'd love to have one more dinner with my dad. Diff, I need to tell you something now at this point. I love you put your dad in there. I, I This is about you, not about me, but I've never spoken to this about anyone. I was at a thing at the Spielberg Ranch. They were doing a relaunch of a Star Wars, right? So we were there for Channel 10. I think it was 9am and David and Kim in the day. And they said, okay, you have access, you can film in these certain areas, but if you see anyone famous, don't speak to them. (laughs) Let them on their way, right? So I'm coming out of the loo 
And opening the door walking into the loo is Robert Redford, right? Oh, come on. And because the instructions were so strict, brother, he said hello and I was that intimidated about what I'd been told, I didn't say anything to him and I walked <laughs> off because I'd been told not to interact with the superstars guru. You've brushed Robert Redford. <laughs> I did, but that's what I was told to do. All righty, well, you've figured out your dinner. Uh, finish this sentence for me, mate. Before you commentate, you always do what? My homework, <laughs> for sure. I have a healthy paranoia and fear of going on air and, and uh, not being prepared. And then the other one would be in the in the immediacy, like in the in the moments before. Um, I always take a lot of pride in in uh, pumping my my coworkers up, you know, my my broadcast partners, you know, wishing everyone a good show. And for the guys in the in the commentary box, you know, give them a give them a high five or give them a fist pump or something. Just get everybody get everybody a little extra jacked right before you the light goes on. You're a busy man. You've got a young family, a wonderful wife. On a day off, what is Lee Diffie doing? Um, well, about. Just over, uh, about a year ago, we bought a little property, a little farm in New York, which is about an hour and a half from here. So I'm kind of there. I'm a full-time lawnmower and a part-time broadcaster. Do you have <laughs> so, animals on this farm, Diff? No animals on the farm. I shouldn't say farm because farm is animals, right? It's prop. It's just property. But it's it's great. So I like to go there to get a bit of have a little bit of. Uh, Mental sanctuary, a little bit of switch off. Sit on the big on the big mower. Put the earmuffs on. Put these in. Listen to the Howie games. Listen to other podcasts that I listen to. And all I do is look at the trees and look at the sky and follow the lines on the grass in the top paddock and bottom paddock. And it's kind of a nice little switch off. And if it's, if if I don't do that, it's either golf or or uh, going out for a nice long lunch. Love it. What was your first ever car? And you'll know the answer to this because you're motor vehicle obsessed. That's easy. That was my sister. My sister's name is Juanita. It was Juanita's uh, first car, which I then inherited. And uh, I think it had seen better days by the time I got by the time I got behind the wheel. It was a 1972 Toyota Corolla burnt orange <laughs> that the family we nicknamed it the Jaffa, the flying Jaffa. You know, it looked like the Aussie chocolates. So. <laughs> So if the Jaffa was your first car, what was your first ever job? And that, that could go all the way back to being a paper boy. Well, not far, not far beyond that. I mean, I remember when I was about 10 or 11, my, the, the primary school that I, that I went to, my mum was also a teacher's aide there. So being around the school and the shops across the road was pretty normal. And my sister worked at the shops across the road. So I think I was about 10 or 11 and I got a, a job just sweeping the footpath, like the just the surround on the store, but that was kind of a little bit dinky. But my first proper job was when I was 14 and I worked at a tomato farm. Actually, I picked uh, tomatoes, grapes and zucchinis and I did that job for five years, all throughout high school huh. and into the and into my early years of college. What was he paying you? <laughs> That's easy. It was $3 an hour for an eight-hour <laughs> day. I got 24 bucks. For working a Saturday, and I thought I was rich, Howie. I was like, Woo. <laughs> if you could swap jobs with someone, and as I often say in this uh, little part, so many people would like your job. Whose job would you like? Um, just for a day. Um, how about Bono from you oh, too? Yes. Imagine just walking out on stage and just getting that reception, or when you start a song, or you finish a song, or a point during a song. That that crowd reaction, you know, because you and I. We're broadcasters, but we're also, in a way, we're entertainers, but to a very, you know, um, I guess to a niche market yes. or 
um, in comparison to somebody like that. Just that that you know you, you know what it's like when you walk out on a stage and and you 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 get you feed off that that energy from the crowd. But when you go to a like a yeah. those huge open air concerts that they perform, I think that would be exhilarating. So if you're Bono and you're walking out and you get to sing one song, is it All I Want Is You, With or Without You, Still Having Fun, I'm Looking For, Desire, or Rattle and Hum? What are you going with, Diff? Uh, City of Blinding Lights. Ah, nice. Yeah. That's I a like little that. bit they're a little bit soppy. That's that my my wife and my song. So oh, isn't that being a little bit romantic. Isn't that there. cute Lee? I used to say, I used to sing it to her when I lived in Sydney and she lived on the Gold Coast, so I'd leave her voicemail messages with that song. Would you like to but knock I'm a crap, some out I'm a cra- I'm a, No, I'm a crap singer, no. <laughs> You're far too professional, unfortunately, to say yes to that, to, that, to that one. Best piece of advice you've received along your journey, Diff? Have a go. Have a go. You know, um, if, if you don't have a go or you don't at least ask the question, right, and even if the answer to the question is no, well, who cares? You're no worse off than where you are now. So just have a go. Ask the question. That is what this show is all about. Love it, mate. Uh, talking about Bono, what is the best concert you've attended? Um, well, uh, you know, probably like you, I've been to a lot of the, a lot of the big the big names around the world. Um, but in more recent times, I would have to say, I promised both my sons, they're 12 and, t- uh, 12 and uh, 10 now, I promised them both when they turned eight, I can't remember the rationale as to why it was when they were eight, maybe I thought that they were going to be old enough then, I'd take them to Madison Square Garden and they could see whatever concert they wanted. Yeah. So when my eldest son turned eight, we went to, when we went to the garden and we saw Kings of Leon. Oh. And I love Kings of Leon, but it wasn't because it was a particularly outstanding concert, it was phenomenal, but I got to see the joy in my son's face at his first big live concert and he just couldn't believe it. He thought the support band was Kings of Leon. I was like, no, mate. I was like, no. I was like, mate, let's let's go and get a hot dog or something and come back because when Kings of Leon come out, you'll know about it. And just to see that absolute... You know, he was in awe of, of of what he was witnessing. So I'd say in recent times, that's my favourite concert. Very tech savvy as the fact that you were set up and ready to record on this one. You had it all uh, as per the instructions. What are the two most used apps on Lee Diffie's phone? Oh, that's easy. Twitter and uh, Instagram. <clears throat> but if it, weren't, if it weren't those two, because they're, they're the most common, I think, probably for, for a lot of people. Um, although Twitter's not huge in Australia, is it? No, not so it? much. Not so much. Not so much. So, all right. So I'll say uh, Yelp. Do you have Yelp? No, what's Yelp? Yelp is um, <clears throat> Yelp's like a, a services app. So say, for instance, like you and I, we travel everywhere and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll land in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I haven't been there for a few years. So I'll just pull up. I want, I want Mexican in downtown Cincinnati or I want, you know, barbecue or I want Italian hmm. or Typically, you can use it for all services, dry cleaning, whatever, but I use it, a lot of people use it for restaurants. So because we travel so much, I'd say that most two apps are Yelp and uh, the the Delta Airlines app. (laughs) Yeah, tell me about that. Best gift you have received? Uh, It was this year. Uh, My 50, I turned 50 this year, um, which sounds kind of odd, but anyway, um, there's an Australian artist called Peter Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. There's a lot of Outback stuff and uh, kind of not, 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 he wouldn't appreciate me saying this, but he does a lot of like stick, stick like, uh, characters in it. And his, his main feature are emus and echidnas. And it's usually a pub scene or at the, at the horse races or at the footy or, but there's always an outback thing. And I've, for as long as I've lived over here, I've always wanted something, uh, outbacky to, to hang on the walls. 
lo and behold, lo and behold, my industrious wife got hold of Peter Brown. She thought she was just going to answer a generic email or phone call or message. She got hold of Peter Brown himself and, and she told him all about, you know, my favorite numbers and my life and whatever in my loves and all that. And, and, she, and she commissioned this Peter Brown piece of art and it arrived for my birthday this year. So it's proudly hanging in the house. That is a cool present. Yeah, really cool. What is your favorite item? in your wardrobe. And I know you're a stylish man, if. <laughs> this is not very stylish, Howie. I'd say shorts. Yes. Because because living in Connecticut, uh, the period of time in a year that you can wear shorts is pretty is pretty minimal. <laughs> so when it's, as soon as I can get into shorts, I get into shorts being a Queenslander. Um, you used to all the time. Yep. You used to wear shorts to work all the time. Still do. So you probably still do. Yep. Um, yeah, shorts for sure. And I, I, I'll go down to the local UPS store or the you know, into town here somewhere and I'll be wearing shorts and they're like, are you mad? Do you know what the temperature is? <laughs> like, I think I've met the threshold. Of, I, can, I, can, I can get out of long pants or jeans. What are you currently <clears throat> watching away from motorsport, Diff? Uh, there's a British series that my wife and I are hooked on at the moment. Um, typically we watch it when the kids are gone to bed. It's called uh, Line of Duty. So it's a British police series. It's kind of like a. Um, we actually just got finished with the first series, first five parts. So, it's really, it's really kind of um, very like like everything that we've all become accustomed to now with Prime or Netflix yeah. or whatever. You get addicted to yep. it, right? You do these, you do these mass watches, and it, you know it's it's now ten thirty at night, and you're looking at each other with kind of half closed eyes. Could we do one more? Could we watch one more? So, yeah, Line of Duty at the moment. Funny what connects <clears throat> Daniel Kowalski, who was on the show three weeks ago, watching Line of Duty, Diff. So he put me onto that one. I just started watching it. Favourite movie of all time? Dead Poets Society. Mr Anderson, are you a man or an amoeba? Language was developed for one endeavour, and that is... To communicate. No! To woo women. Mr Keating. Great film. When you are a kid, back in the day in Queensland, racing home from school, what were you racing home to turn on the television? And watch. Uh, it was a little bit after I got home from school, but happy days. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. Ready to race for you. Happy days, the fun. <laughs> and, you know, and you know what? Do you know what, Harry? This is a true story. I was catching a flight from Orlando to LA once after doing the Rolex 24 at Daytona and... Uh, and I'm in the security line and I was gobsmacked about three people ahead of me. Now as grown men, still look kind of the same, but we're wearing glass or whatever. It was Ralph Malf and Potsy. And then <laughs> Together. Together. So we go into the airport. So we get through security. <laughs> I go to the bathroom or whatever. And I come out and I needed something to eat. And the restaurant I went into, they're sitting in there as well. And I'm like, okay, so I didn't say anything the first time. I'm not going to say anything this time because I was like, do I say, oh, hey, hey, guys, we had happy days in Australia. And I thought, no, nah, don't be a wanker. So I, um, so I let it go and then they left, whatever. Lo and behold, we're on the same flight to LA. So I walked down the aisle and uh, and actually Potsy was sitting in, in first class and Potsy. Ralph Ralph Malf was sitting down the back where I was. <laughs> Ralph anyway, was and, and I, I, locked, I locked eyes with Potsy and I was like, you know, it's one of those, Instant things. You know, say something. Say something. Don't. No, I don't. So I just kept walking. Anyway, it's pretty cool to see them in the flesh. <laughs> I like that one was in first and one was in economy. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, what are you currently listening to music-wise, mate? Um, I, I like country. 
I, I kind of I'm, I'm this I'm this mishmash. I like country, and then I then I'll listen to some chill, and then um, when the boys and I are kicking the footy in the backyard or doing something like that, I'll, I'll listen to. I, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm a Powderfinger tragic. So there's always lots of Powderfinger in my life where I've been. And proudly, I've converted a lot of Americans. They uh, they only need to listen to about one or two songs and they're hooked. So I, uh, I might take that as a badge of honour, a Queensland and especially Brisbane badge of honour because uh, I know John Collins, the uh, the former bass player. So uh, I always tell JC how many people I'm, I'm spreading the word for. Love it. Bernard Fanning will be absolutely pumped. Podcast recommendation for me, Diff. What are you listening to podcast-wise? Business Wars. Business Wars. Yes. Actually, David White, our ah. boss, put me onto that. And in particular, I listened to the first, I think it was, uh, the th- there was about three or four chapters on the late night wars. So how the Tonight Show came to be. Ah. So with the two gentlemen who came before Johnny Carson. And then when Johnny Carson was towards the end of his period, his enormously successful period, David Letterman was doing... The, the Late Show, and he thought that it was just going to be, you know, his management, they thought that it was just natural progression to go to do The Tonight Show. And meanwhile, Jay Leno was off to the side here, so it was how the three of those guys mm. kind of collided and how how David Letterman ended up at CBS and how Leno got the job and then when Conan O'Brien came in and it was all, it's a dramatised podcast. It's almost done like a television show as a podcast, but it's really, it's quite intoxicating. Right, I'm going to listen to that one. Of all the, now that you're a high flyer in the United States of America, Diff, which we'll talk about in the main part of the show, of all the well-known, what we would call famous people that you have met on your journey, which of all those people has made the greatest impression on you? That's a that's a difficult one to answer. Um, I know I know who I know who it is who I haven't met who who made a, a big impression on me, but. Who I got to work with, particularly as a young guy in Australia, um, it was Barry Sheen because that was at Channel Ten, and I've met you know so many people since leaving Australia that that have also been influential. But you know, I was I was only in my twenties when I got to work alongside Barry, and he was a bona fide global superstar, yes. you know, and, and quite often as a young guy still really learning my craft. Now, uh, we had an overwhelming response to the story. Network 10 got a lot of calls and we're running it again. It's Barry Sheen proving he's good on four wheels as well. He said to Ross, um, Ross, do I have to um, take Barry around? Ross said, yeah, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually say, okay, so no way. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of awestruck and, and starstruck and, and it was really nice... Um, uh, when when I ended up leaving Australia, Barry, unbeknownst to me, played a big role uh, in in my progress and, and my future. So, um, yeah, I, I would say Barry. Let's swap some Barry Sheen stories in the main part of the show. Who's <laughs> okay. the person that you haven't met that's influenced you, mate? Uh, Simon Reynolds. Um, you may not remember. You may have been overseas or... No, no, you should have still been young. Um, do you remember the Grim Reaper television commercials? Um, For HIV? yes. Yeah, he was he was the ad he was the advertising guru behind that, huh. and um, he was on sixty minutes, and uh, I vividly remember uh, he was on like a, a, a millionaires under the age of thirty, and there were three three or four individuals who were highlighted, and he just had one particular saying that really motivated me, um, that really stayed with me, still stays with me to this day. Um, nothing to do with the Grim Reaper ad. It was just about how he, how how motivated he is, and what motivates him. And and he had a little catchphrase, and that got me going. And the catchphrase is, 
Well, it's like it, it's it's setting up a scenario. Um, you know, there's 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 you're on you're on a, a cliff face, and somebody is is encouraging. I'm encouraging you basically to have a go, right? Have a go. C- come come here, come here and take a look at the view. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm afraid of heights. Come here, come here and take a look at the view. No, I can't. I can't. I might slip and fall. Come here to the edge and take a look because you just might fly. Huh. That's very. That cool, was that dear. was that was kind of that was kind of it in a nutshell. I like that. That's stuck with you. Yeah. Do you have any superstitions? Yeah, I have to have the uh, <laughs> in the car or on the television. I have to have the music on an odd number. I don't know why. It's just freaky. <laughs> I'm an even number. I can't drive without go. it being on an even number. So I'm an odd number. <laughs> hey, well, and, we, uh, we're no good together then. And if somebody upstairs here, my wife or one of the boys is got, has got the remote control and they put it on an odd number, I get up and put it on an even number. So I guess we're a bit nutty like that, Howie. And then at work, at work, my only superstition is I do I wear the same, not the same pair, but I wear the same kind of socks, same colour socks. For each broadcast. You're a black sock man, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I can remember that. I remember that. What's your favourite holiday spot? Uh, in the south of France, Tailles Humer. Ooh, Lee. It's the closest place that reminds me of Australia, to be love honest. It. A bucket list destination yeah. that you haven't been to that you'd love to go to? West coast of Australia, up north, like up in the Kimberleys and, and on the beach in Broome and all that. So I've been to Perth. You know, I've never been to Margaret River. Um but that, that area of Australia really intrigues me and I've ne- never, ever had the opportunity to go there. So that's definitely on the bucket list. A couple more quick ones. What, if anything, scares you, Lee? Snakes. <laughs> I'm petrified of snakes. This is a new addition and it started with Scotty McLaughlin. And I'll tell you after you answer who he told me. Someone that you know, Diff, that you think would be a good guest on the Howie Games. Mario Andretti. Mario Andretti. Wow. Is this an achievable situation, Diff? It's 100% achievable. Right. He's a dear, he's a, he's a dear, dear friend, so uh, he'd love to have a chat with you. Well, you're a good man, and I see the benefit of this question because you know who your man Scotty McLaughlin went with? Who? Jimmy Johnson. There you go. This is good. That's a, this is good. That's achievable, that's achievable too. This is very, very good. Final one, <laughs> and there can only be one answer for this for you being a Queenslander, I hope. And this is the defining question for me, for you as a husband, a father, a broadcaster, a mate, a Queenslander. Are you ready, Diff? Yep. Lee Diffie, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Every day of the week. You're a good kid. You're a good kid, Diff. <laughs> Every day of the week. In fact, when we get pizza here in our little town, I ask them to put extra pineapple on. Oh, you win. You win the grand prize. <laughs> and I get some interesting actions on uh, reactions on the phone too. Thanks for joining me on the Player Profile. Your full episode will be out next Thursday. Good on you, mate. Thanks, mate. The soul is back at the Speedway. The fans are back in the stands. As they come to green, this is the Indianapolis 500 for everybody to see. Listener.